Good morning on this Monday morning. Welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you joined us yesterday, we were talking about the different lusts that exist. It talked about the lust of your father uh, as Jesus uh, rebuked the Pharisees in the book of John in chapter 8, verse 44. He says, the lust of your father you do. Uh, we talked about in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And we mentioned that when it's talking about the world, it's not so much the physical planet itself, but it's talking about the cosmos. That means all the organized uh, systems that exist, educational, financial, uh, psychological, social, etc. So it says all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but it's of this world. And then we read in Philippians, in Second uh, uh, Peter chapter 1, verse number 4, whereby are given unto us exceedingly great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the cosmos through lust. So that means that the things that are lusted for in the cosmos, in the, in, 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 in the place that we live uh, and the social systems that are there, it says they bring corruption. When the word corruption is, is, is used or made here in the New Testament, it's also used about a corruptible body and incorruptible body. In other words, that which dies, that which decays, uh, that which dissolves, that which is done away with, is literally uh, something that is just ruined. Uh, it's something that is destroyed and or will eventually perish. So that means that all the systems of this world, every single one of them that exist, the author behind them is the devil. He is in control of the cosmos. Of the, that's why he's called the prince of the power of the air, uh, the god of this world. But it's not the planet as much as the cosmos. And everything that is in the cosmos is made to lure one in through lust to the things that are of the cosmos. Most commercials and advertising in, in that is done, whether on TV, on radio... It is geared to affect and influence any type of desire or lust that uh, can be aroused in us by these things. And, and, and advertisers and people know this. It, it, it involves being greedy, envious, jealous. It involves all these things. And all of these things corrupt. Jesus talked about when we have treasures to have our treasures in heaven where rust and moth do not go in and corrupt. They won't corrode what is, you know, precious. So we're given great and precious promises that having escaped the corruption, that means it's past tense. When we are delivered by Christ, we escape this. But we can be lured back in by allowing our eyes, allowing the flesh, allowing pride to be like bait. And then we get hooked on these things. 
Now, the best way to describe it is in the book of James in chapter 1, in verse 4, where he goes and identifies how temptation works in the life of an individual. But every man is tempted. Notice, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and is enticed. It's the exact same word lust that was used in all the other ones. But the word entice here is to be entrapped again. You're deluded. You're allured to. You're beguiled. The the fact that the thing is made so beautiful. You can take something that is totally rusted and corrupted and corroded inside and just paint it and give it a new look. But it doesn't change what is on the inside. It's still corrupted. Well, when Jesus talked about the Pharisees, whitewashed tombs, he was basically saying there was something beautiful on the outside, but on the inside they were full of dead men's bones. That is corruption. That is something. We talk about corruption in government, corruption in this, corruption in that. And, and, and that simply means something that is decaying, uh, some, something that is, is, is no good. But once we're enticed, the word there is we are entrapped. It's going to be like we are not going to be able to find a way out. And that's why God in his mercy, God in his great goodness has made provision for us so that uh, when we find ourselves in that situation, if we seek him and allow him, then we can be delivered. Now, in, in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, uh, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Remember, every man is tempted when he is drawn away of lust and enticed. There is no temptation that is taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. See, God is faithful. Who's he faithful to? Is he faithful to the world? No, he's faithful to his own. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. It's not going to go beyond the limits. Uh, someone may say, oh, this is, you know, it's inhumane. I've never gone through anything. It's impossible. I'm the only one going through this. Nobody understands. No. That which is common to man is the only thing that he will permit or allow the enemy to bring into our lives. But God is faithful to the believer. God is faithful to those that lean on him, those that trust in him. God is faithful He's full of faith that he is willing to impart into our lives to be able to help us escape. It says, God is faithful who will not suffer you or allow you to be tempted above. He's not going to stop the temptation, but he's not going to be permitted to be above that which you can handle. To be above that which you are able. And the word able that is used there is the word that is uh, used or comes from the word dunamis. Now, in, in the Greek uh, uh, Strong's Concordance, uh, uh, the word 
miracle working power or dunamis and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you is 1411. While this word here, able, is 1410, meaning that it involves uh, being able or possible to be able to do that which we could to be of power. God will enable us. You are able with the temptation also make a way to escape. Well, in order to escape, that means you were entrapped. And that's exactly what uh, the book of James says. We were entrapped. So he makes a way to escape with the same temptation that you may be able to bear it. Once again, it uses the word able, that you may be able to bear it. And the word bear it here that is used uh, in, the, in the New Testament uh, simply means that we are able to stand from underneath. We're able to undergo the hardship. We're able to endure it. We endure it and we come out victorious at the other side. And uh, God, in his goodness, wants to make sure that we understand that when it comes to this thing that we call uh, temptation, that each and every one of us know and be fully aware that we will be drawn when we permit our eyes when we permit our desires, when we permit the flesh, notice I keep using permit because that's the word allow, that the pride of life and all these things, that we will be drawn away. And when we're drawn away of any of our own lust, and, 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 and the word uh, lust is, is a strong desire, a longing for what is forbidden, now stop and think about Adam and Eve. Eve had a longing, a desire for that which was forbidden. But it wasn't until I mean it wasn't until Satan enlarged that 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 desire by misleading, misguiding and lying to Eve that they were now or she was basically entrapped she was enticed, and once she was enticed, notice the, the pattern. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And then when lust has conceived, at this point, let's call it lust becomes pregnant. Pregnant in the flesh, pregnant in the mind, or pregnant in, our, in, the, in the spirit uh, of an individual. It brings forth sin. See, now sin is the seed of that with which we had been uh, 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 conceived through lust. And if we allow it to continue, sin, when it is finished, it brings forth death. So that is the circle there. That is the cycle, the process. The scripture basically for the believer is saying, with the power of the Holy Spirit, mortify the flesh, allow it to die, kill it on a daily basis, die to it, do not give in to it. You are able, it says, you are 
able. As a believer, we are able to any temptation that the enemy throws at us, we are able to overcome it. And through that very same temptation, wind up having a way of escape made by God who is faithful because he doesn't want the fruit of sin, or I'm going to call it the works of sin in our lives, because eventually it will bring, it will bring forth death. The death of something. Many times the way I explain it, uh, people who continually get themselves into financial uh, difficulty, too much spending, too much borrowing, uh, wanting too many things and not having enough money, uh, wind up getting into what we call debt. Being in debt or bankrupt is financial death. Or in a marriage, an individual, uh, they can get into trouble in their marriage and bring it to the point where they are or get a divorce or separated. And once again, we find that sin brings forth, in this case, the death is the death of the marriage, and etc. You can just go on and on and on and explain and understand that when sin comes in, it brings forth death. It, it, it decays, it corrupts, it corrodes. But if we walk in the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. That's what Paul said in the book of James. And he gives a very beautiful discourse on this in the book of Galatians in chapter number 5. As we read in verse 16 onward, the scripture goes on to say, But this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. See, the lust of the flesh are fulfilled because we are enticed by what is in this world, it is geared to tempt the flesh. It is geared to tempt the eyes. It is geared to allure the, the things of the flesh and the things of the eyes and the things of the pride of life. And these things have to be dealt with. Uh, I can simply say, walk away, walk away, walk away. And yes, you can walk away, you can flee. But it's got to be done in the power of the Spirit. Then I say, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Not everything is sinful, but we can make things sinful by lusting after them. And then they have uh, control over our lives. It says in Galatians 5.17, For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another so that you cannot do the things that you would. In other words, as long as we're doing one, we can't do the other. If we're doing the other, then we can't do the other thing. In other words, it's either one or the other. It's the flesh or the spirit. So if we yield to the spirit, then we will overcome. In verse number 18, it says, But if you be led of the spirit, you are not under the law. Why? Because now we walk by faith. The spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That which would have controlled my body. Paul exclaimed in the book of Romans in chapter 7 in the last verse. He says, who's going to deliver me from this body of death? Who's going to deliver me from this flesh? 
Who's going to deliver me, you know, from, from the, 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 the things that are in this world that, that bombard my flesh and my life, that want to bring it back into subjection? He goes, but thank God that we have through Christ the victory. You know, with my mind and with my heart, I can serve God. I can serve the law uh, of God. And as long as I don't yield to the flesh, uh, then I won't serve the law of sin. Well, consider this food for thought and and the imagination. We've run out of time again. Join us tomorrow. We'll pick up along these lines. But until then, keep looking up. Our redemption and our Redeemer draw near. The Lord richly bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.